This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 15. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Mike Hale. Mike is a developer at Rainmaker Digital, where he helps build Rainmaker Platform. He's also a collector of guitars, bizarre music, and enjoys a nice cigar and bourbon in his downtime. He lives in the western burbs of Chicago with his family and his two dogs. Hey, Mike. Hey, nice to be here. Happy to have you. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Your intro has very much caught my attention. While I ask you to introduce yourself, you just have to explain and talk about bizarre music. Bizarre music. Okay, so I got on a kick a while back at a flea market of finding old, just weird, foreign, or obscure LPs. So I I collect them. Um, Pretty much anything that a record collector would leave behind, that's the stuff that I like. So if it's anybody you've ever heard of or know of, I don't want to, and I I've been, I don't know, it's been a couple of years I've been collecting these LPs and it keeps, it keeps growing. Someday I'll figure out something fun to do with it. So they're actual LPs, final records. Yeah, usually. And you bring mm-hmm. them home from these things and listen to them. Yep. Bring do them you, home, clean them up, digitize them, go through. Do you listen to them more than once or are they usually just a one time listening experience? Some of them you have to listen to more than once. Some of them are just so <laughs> awful. Um, and some of, some of them are duds. You get them home, and there's nothing really special about them. But uh, those those get the once over. But yeah, if it's something if it's something unique and super interesting, they they kind of make their way into the rotation a bit more. I would love to see what you do with those if you're digitizing them. That sounds like a very cool uh, website someday to visit. Very interesting. So um, I'm also interested to hear that we, we talked a little bit before we started recording about about Rainmaker and what you do there, but I'd like to hear some of what you did before that, what your background is, and how you got involved with WordPress to begin with. Sure. So I've been in web development for probably close to about 20 years now. Um, I'd started doing websites back in the late 90s, uh, standard static HTML sites back in the, the browser war days when it was you know, Netscape 1.2, I was there for the introduction of tables. So I've been doing that for a while. Uh, I started in WordPress probably around about 2010 or so, uh, where I really started to do it on more projects, not just for my own stuff. The first time I used it was I had a project that I needed a site for. And uh, rather than building one from scratch in .NET, I knew of WordPress. I'd seen it here and there. And I thought, you know, I think I'm going to, you know, roll up my sleeves and dig into this and just see if it's something that, uh, that I can make work a lot quicker. And, you know, and, and it was, so yeah. So before WordPress, a lot of .NET stuff, um, was ASP before that working for a lot of bigger, you know, bigger corporate clients. Uh, I've, I did web app projects for places like BP, um, Heinz, McCormick, Alta Beauty, those types of places while doing some freelance web development on the side too. Okay, so you were freelancing and also an employee of those big companies? When I was working for them, it was mostly as a consulting okay. role. Uh, and that, But then outside, any, I always had my own projects or somebody would have something going on 
worked like that as a freelancer. So I, I freelanced up until three years ago um, when I went full time with Rainmaker Digital, and I'd actually consulted with them. I'd done development for them on a Describe, which was the content optimization software, which is now part. It rolled into Rainmaker now. Uh, I had worked on the API and some of the web UI for that uh, on and off for about three years. And then, like I said, it just hit three years uh, that I've been a full-time employee with them. So, which is by far the longest I've ever had a, a job at one time. So, <laughs> Wow. So you're, you're, you've been on your own most of the time for the past 20 years, except for the past three. Pretty much. Uh, there was a lot of times where I'd be an employee of a consulting company, but you know, if you've ever had any experience with that, you know, you're you're only an employee as long as they have a project for you to work on. Right. So you're so, constantly looking for the next project. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that switch. Um, a lot of people that we talk to on this show are freelancers who have left a job or have never really had a, you know, worked for someone else and talk about the flexibility of working for themselves. Sounds like you've had that mostly and now you're you're employed by someone else. Talk about that change, what that's meant for you and um, and what that experience has been. Yeah, it was hard to let go of some of the some of the freelance stuff that control but then again you're you're trading it in for some stability and i think i'm kind of in a unique position because you know working for rainmaker everything's remote you know it's all work from home uh it's so it wasn't that drastic of a change uh it's really like you're working for one client but then you have the uh the stability and benefits of working for an actual employer so it wasn't too drastic of a change, but there were very few situations out there that I would have left the freelance world for, um, and this was one of them. So when the when the opportunity came along, I had to had to jump on it. Oh, that's good to hear that it's been a good it's been a good transition for you. Were you working a lot with Genesis before you started working with Rainmaker? How did you encounter them? Yeah, I started working with Genesis not long not too far into when I. Not, not too long after I had started working with WordPress. And it, it, it's kind of funny, actually, because it's because of Rainmaker. I had met, I do real estate. I still do it uh, kind of on the side. And I went to a real estate tech conference that Brian Clark and Brian Gardner were speaking at. Brian Gardner's from Studio Press. And Brian Clark is the CEO of Rainmaker and the start of the Copy Blogger blog. And afterwards, I was talking to Brian Gardner just a little bit because, you know, I said, oh, I'm a developer too. You know, I like WordPress and that. And, uh, had a conversation and that's how I actually started doing the consulting work for them. And so I was just about to kick off another project. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do some consulting work for them, I probably should be using their product. Uh, so that was the first time that I had gotten my hands on Genesis. And uh, when I was doing freelance sites for people, it was I almost exclusively Genesis. The only times it wouldn't be was if it was a client that already had a theme or already had something in place that I couldn't, you know, couldn't get rid of or, or had to, had to use. But yeah, if it was my choice, I would always go with Genesis. And from the range of doing completely custom themes to usually just kind of modifying a theme, which is why I liked it, because I could take just a regular Studio Press theme and easily customize it to, to how I wanted it to work. What a great networking story. I'm going to go back to that. You're at a conference. You bump into to the two guys running the program, and you just chit-chat with them. And 
that leads to where you're at today. That is awesome. I just love that. And, and I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do with hallway chats is just get out, meet new people, talk to people you don't know where it's going to go. Might just be friends, might be nothing, but it might land a great job that you really enjoy and end up having it for the longest time you've ever had a job. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> yep. Mike, tell us a little bit about what the meaning of success is for you. Whether it's just in your personal life or your professional life, you, you've changed from working for yourself to working for someone else, but it's working really well for you. How do you define success? I think I'm at the point now where I'm starting to look more at being recognized as being as being good at what I do and working a little more the you know the personal branding I guess to kind of make more of a name for myself out there uh anytime that you know business wise if I'm able to help somebody out I get a lot of calls from people still where they're in a jam or they have some problem that you know some hurdle that's really blocking their business and anytime I can help somebody out of a bad situation you know based on what I know you know, I call that a win. So it's, it's, it's a very good feeling to be able to, to do that for somebody. Um, so always continuing to learn new things and try new things and just take on different challenges. Um, that's kind of what I define as success. It's not so much as getting to a certain point saying, Hey, I've made it, but just always moving forward from, from where you've been. Yeah. I, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I like what you said about, um, being recognized for being good at what you do and and part of the way that you are moving toward that is by helping other people and and using your knowledge and experience in a positive way. How are you uh, interacting with the community in order to do that? So I a bit of a WordCamp addict. <laughs> uh, this year I'll probably end up going to about eight or nine WordCamps. That's a few. Um, just a few, yeah. Anything in the Midwest. Uh, I I have I do speak at WordCamps when I can. Um, this year so far, I've if you count WordCamp Kent, which is about to happen. Uh, it may have happened by the time this goes out. Um, that'll be the fifth one that I've spoken at this year, which I really enjoy. I really get a kick out of that. Um, so going to WordCamps, I, I love that. Just hanging out with the people. I have so many friends that I see at different WordCamps. There's different circles different circles and different groups of people that I know kind of by area now. Um, and I also am the co-organizer of our local WordPress meetup, which is WordPress Naperville. So I live in Warrenville, Illinois, which is basically it's 30 miles straight west of downtown Chicago. So there's a couple good meetups in the city, but I was joking, but it's true. There's a, a real popular North side Chicago WordPress meetup uh, that's run by Becky Davis, and that's in the city. But from where I am at the time it is, it would be easier for me to get to a different meetup that meets in Beloit, Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. because of, just because of the traffic. So, so yeah, so we took over uh, WordPress. I think it would probably be about three, two and a half, three years ago. Uh, the guy who was running it kind of just, just didn't want to run it anymore. So we took it over, found a, a new location, and that one's actually now um, – one of the, I think they call them the charter meetups. So everything's our venue and our meetup fees are all handled by the WordPress Foundation, which is nice. So we just have to worry about getting uh, getting good topics in there. So that's another way is by by hosting the uh, the meetup. I really appreciate that uh, the city 
angle. Uh, we have the similar setup in, the, in, in Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia meetup is fantastic. But I was in a similar situation. It's going to take me an hour, hour and 10 to get in, hour, hour and 10 to get home, and uh, maybe there's another way. So, yeah, I love what you're doing is, is you bring WordPress to you or you help it grow where, it is, where you are. That's fantastic. Uh, an hour? <laughs> I'd be happy if the commute to that one was an hour. <laughs> I started one outside of D.C. as well, although, I, in full disclosure, I can get down to D.C. in about 20, 25 minutes, but a lot of other people can't, so so we're all, we're all suburbanites, meet-up suburbanites. Tell us about your challenges, Mike. What do you find to be your biggest challenge, whether it's in your daily life or in your career, and, and how are you working on that? What is your biggest challenge? I would probably say work-wise and it, it definitely gets into the personal life too and it's very common i found especially among wordpress people for whatever reason is really just when the uh imposter syndrome starts creeping in um it's hard because with wordpress being open source you know everything you do is public you know if you write a plugin or a theme and it's out there for people i mean they can pick through every little line of code that you have and, and you think oh you know they're going to hate this and what am I doing? And, and I still, even after three years, uh, you know, working every day, not every day, but some days you just kind of wake up and you think, oh, you know, today's the day they're just going to call me up and say, you know, we realize you have no idea what you're doing. Um, so that, that creeps in and, and really gets hard and, and overcoming it. I think just trying to stay positive. Uh, I just did a, actually at WordCamp, Jackson did a did a talk with Ian Wilson on this, and one of the tips that I found was to keep kind of not like a not a vision board, but kind of keep a scrapbook of positive comments or kind of a, a journal of things that I've been doing that lately. So anytime anybody says anything good about me, either copy and paste it into my Evernote or I say, "Mike, it you're some, awesome." Mike, you're awesome. Mike, you're awesome. <laughs> I'll just play that at a loop. <laughs> Yeah, that validation is really helpful. Where where does some of that fear come from? Has anybody ever criticized you or looked at your code and torn it apart, or have you seen that happen to other people? Where does that come from? That fear, it, not in a not in a deconstructive way. Has it ever happened? Uh, I I tell the story how when I wrote my first plugin ever, I just kind of wanted to have something in the plugin repo. So it's a silly little plugin, and all it does is in the um, footer links, it makes them no follow. Because, you know, a couple of years ago, that was the big no-no. If you had them all in there, that was considered spammy links. And so, you know, I wrote this plugin that did it. It was a Genesis for Genesis framework themes and uh, put it in the review. The review went through. I was so proud of myself. I was so happy. So I tweeted it out, went to bed, you know, thinking, oh, I'm awesome. I've got to plug it in the repo. And I woke up the next morning and I had about 15 notifications from from GitHub. And it was uh, Gary Jones, who's uh, in the UK, yeah. who's a you know big Genesis developer, and he's all about code quality. And, and he had gone through and, and fixed a lot of things, and 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 you know sent the the pull requests. But it was kind of funny because, it, and I said not in a bad way. He was doing it to make the actual plugin better. But it was kind of funny that you know I was feeling all good, and then I was like, oh yeah, okay, I guess there's a lot that I missed. Um, I think it just comes too from you know when you're freelancing, it's it's really hard. You don't have reviews. You know, you don't have somebody there. You don't have coworkers sometimes to even bounce stuff off or, or to to say, hey, can you take a quick look at this? That was, you know, when I did start working with Rainmaker, one of the nice things was, hey, can I bounce this idea off you? And I think within the development team, that's a real big thing that we do is, hey, 
here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about this? So you're just kind of out on an island sometimes. You don't really have a lot of that feedback. And, you know, even if a client says, oh, you know, we're really happy, you know, as a developer, I think you kind of run into that. You over-optimizing everything and you think, well, yeah, it worked for them, but there's so many ways I could have done this better that I should have done. And, and even though it's fine for what they actually need, it's just kind of hard sometimes without that, kind of without that feedback. Mm-hmm. And that loops back around to your definition of success, doesn't it? Is being recognized as knowing what you're doing. Cause I, I absolutely agree with you as, as freelancers or stemming from freelance into employment or freelance into business is if we don't have agency experience, if we've not worked in a team, well, it works, but you know, if you put a few pieces of a uh, few, few nails and some drywall, it'll stay up on the wall for a while. But for how long, under what circumstances? So Absolutely. I get that feedback loop. It can be kind of tough from a, from a freelance standpoint and contribute to that imposter syndrome. So, so if then, Mike, if success to you, uh, in addition to pushing yourself and learning, is is maintaining a a reputation of knowledge and 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 of knowing. What's the single most important thing you ever do, you do every day, I'm sorry, to either maintain that or continue to achieve that level of success? For me, I think it's always about kind of staying up to date and and learning things. I subscribe to, in Feedly, probably about 150 blogs, um, everything from growth hacking to startups to marketing to WordPress to writing. Subscribe to about 60 podcasts, at least 61, including hallway chats. Wow. Uh, and you can't listen to everything that comes out in a day from those, you know, even on one and a half times speed. So you do pick and choose. So I say I subscribe to 60. That doesn't mean I listen to all episodes of all 60. Um, with, uh, you know, probably 20, 30 different newsletters I get to my inbox, which I'm very selective about. Um, plus, you know, going through like Flipboard and, and my Twitter stream and, and reading all those links. So I, I think it's really about, for me, I always want, you know, more knowledge and more info. And it gets to be a challenge to f- where that starts to become work at a point where it's like, oh, I've got, you know, 12 backlog podcast episodes. I have to listen to them. And yeah, so sometimes you have to kind of kind of cut through them a little a little quicker. But I think to me, that's what always makes me feel like I'm moving forward. Is if I'm learning something new, if uh, even if it's just picking up some little interesting article or some little tidbit or some little trick that I can use someday. I think that's really what I do. Is I, I focus and I take the time to go through and you know consume a lot of content as well. So I love the idea of, of, of pulling together so many different sources of information. And I wonder, do you have a system for how you dig into that? Right? Is it every Tuesday at 4 p.m. I scan Feedly for 15 or 20 minutes, I pull out three or four, and I book them in for reading and listening on Thursday, or some other system? How do you go about doing that? Uh, podcasts I listen to pretty much all day while I'm working. Um, I actually find it a lot easier to listen to podcasts than to music. And I love music. You know, I, right, you've got the bizarre about, music. Like, <laughs> bizarre music, regular music too. Uh, but I start worrying about what am I going to listen to next? So I listen to the podcast. Generally what I do is I use a pocket app, which is kind yeah. of a note-taking app. Uh, and so pretty much each night I'll just kind of flip through my Feedly. And if I see an article that looks interesting, I'll put it into the pocket 
And then same thing with Flipboard. If I'm flipping through Flipboard and I see something that looks interesting, I'll put it in there. And then I'll go back later when I actually have some time, maybe twice a week, two or three times a week, uh, read the ones in detail, save them away if I want to. And then I'll also go through and put them all out to, to share through through Buffer so that I can share those links as well. So if I if it's something that I've shared, I've read it, but that's that's about the only way I found to, to manage that much is, is kind of skim through it, pick out the ones I want to read, and then go back and read them later. With your podcast, it might actually be helpful, I was thinking, for you to attend that Chicago meetup every now and then because you could listen to a lot of podcasts on your commute. Yeah, right. That's what I tend to listen to a lot. I like road trips. I like to listen to podcasts on road trips. The only problem is my car is so old, I had to get a little Bluetooth radio transmitter adapter. Uh, Yeah, yeah, they don't work that well. Not so good. Hard to listen. Yeah. Mike, let me jump in. We've talked a little bit, Mike, about what your favorite thing is to do. And let's talk the other end of the spectrum. So your your full-time employment, you've got a variety of responsibilities within that. What What's your least favorite thing to do kind of on a Monday through Friday kind of basis? And as you're thinking about that, I'll ask you to also talk to us about how do you overcome the urge not to do it what 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 drives you what systems do you have what what mental approach do you take to make sure that you're meeting the professional goals that you and your employer have set out for you yeah i think one of the one of the challenges gets to be is with rainmaker being a platform supporting it you know like like any I say, like any good developer, I don't want to. I don't want to work with legacy code or somebody else's apps. I want to do something new, fun, exciting, and new all the time. Um, so that that does become challenging. Uh, sometimes there's just things too where it could be an issue that's very hard to figure out, kind of very hard to get through. Um, I'm not always the best at, at managing and prioritizing the order. <laughs> that I do things uh, and I do fall into the trap where I might knock off five easy things rather than taking on the one hard one. Um, again, I, I do have the advantage of having some resources that I can, that I can go to within the company and say, Hey, can you take a look at this too? Um, but I think the general approach is just kind of getting in that groove sometimes. And if I do knock off a couple little things or little tiny issues, you, it's kind of a couple little wins and then, you feel positive, then you can dive into that big thing. And it's not so overwhelming where you think, oh, I'm never going to get this done or I'm never going to get this fixed. So, Yeah, I find that very helpful as well. As um, I've, I've got a small team at my company, and those m- massive, we know they're going to take us hours to get through them, and just overwhelmed by that and fail to realize that actually any four-hour task has a series of 15, 20-minute, half-hour tasks built into that. And if we can chunk out and conquer one of those two 15, 20-minute tasks as we progress, not only has time gone by, oh, this wasn't that bad, but also realize it's not as, as, as daunting as, as we once thought. So let me ask you this, if I can. Thinking about freelance versus versus working with a team you've talked about the 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 downside is that you don't have quite as much flexibility as you once had you've talked about the upside of having a team having the ability to bounce off ideas clearly you're liking where you're at professionally you've said earlier that this is the longest uh, you've been with the company and you're really happy about that 
and this is just kind of a theoretical question, then I ask you where is your career might be going. Could you see going back to working alone without that team? So I'm not talking about, you know, do you want to leave and start up your own freelance, but how much do you think you would miss stepping away from having professional intelligence supportive team members to help tackle the problems you're facing uh, building the product and making the company grow. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say because having gone from, you know, freelance to a corporate gig, back to freelance, back to that. I'm I'm okay with either. I think I've I know the the benefits and disadvantages of of each side of it. Um I do run into the thing where you know, I'm I'm going to turn 45 this year, so now I'm having this thing of, do I want to be a 50-year-old software developer? Not so much, uh, but I do have at least five years to, to figure that out. <laughs> what um, do you want to be when you're 50? Yeah, Well, I don't definitely don't <laughs> mind being in the software business or something, but I want to move more into like, you know, business development, um, you know, more of the strategy side of things. I, I used to, when I worked those corporate gigs, I was, uh, you know, kind of like a technical team lead. So I usually led the projects. And so it was kind of funny going to freelance was in a way it was kind of a step back because I didn't have that, you know, cushy corporate job where I was kind of in one of those more advanced roles. But then, you know, you had the miserable commute and going in each day to a job that you didn't really care about at all. So it, it definitely is a trade-off. I'd like to, you know, move into that type of type of role in the future. Um, but I'm definitely still enjoy writing code and, and learning new things, um, getting big. And um, last year, one of my focuses was front-end development. Uh, so I just did a project of my own with React, which is kind of fun. So I think if I ever start to feel that way, like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, I just take on a project to learn something new. Yeah. Do you find that you have more time not as a freelancer? What's, I mean, is it less overwhelming? I'm curious, not having worked in the corporate world for a long time myself. Do you feel like you have more boundaries when you're working for someone else than when you're working for yourself? The the issue I always had when freelancing is, you know, you're, you're working on your clients, but then you're also working on your business. So there's so much of that, you know, just, uh, you know, from accounting to writing proposals and, and, mm. and all that stuff being taken away is nice when you're not having to do that much client work. That's a good point. Yeah. And what do you miss about being a freelancer then? I actually just miss working with different clients. Um, uh, I worked with a lot of smaller companies, so it was really interesting. I didn't really have a niche market that I that I focused on, uh, so it was kind of interesting to learn what worked for one company, one type of business, and didn't work for another, and kind of the similarities in that, and what you could take from having worked with, you know, a screen printer to doing a site for you know local pizza shop stuff like that. So I like learning about different businesses and how they ran their businesses. Uh, that's a good answer. I could I can definitely see that. Yeah, I enjoy that a lot too. Just the difference of oh, I never realized that, that was a concern for this industry. Or yeah, of course that makes sense. Uh, I would don't know why I didn't appreciate that going in. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think about that very often, but it's a really good point. Something that we else we like to ask of our guests, Mike, is to talk about advice and what the best piece of advice that you've received that you would share with us. What would that be? My <laughs> my kind of guiding principle is uh, if you know Occam's Razor or mm. Kiss, which is just keep it simple, stupid. 
uh, that the easiest answer or the easiest solution to a problem is probably the right one. Uh, I, I try to, I definitely try to live that as my motto. Uh, I worked for a company and it was really driven home where they just couldn't get version one out the door because they kept adding to it and, and reworking things. And I was like, it, you know, it's good enough. <laughs> this is good enough. Let's see how people, let's see how people like it. So I always just try to like to, you know, keep things on the simple side. Don't overcomplicate things, make it work and then go back and, and learn what you need to learn from it and then put all those finishing touches on. I think that's great advice. It brings me to another question, though, that I struggle with in that regard, which is when you're trying to do that and when you're working in this industry, we're faced almost every day with a new, better way of doing something, right? So when do you decide whether you take the time and energy to adopt the new way of doing things when the way that you're doing it is easy for you and works? Do you have any advice about that? You know, I've gone through about every productivity type system from, you know, uh, getting things done to the bullet journal. And I, I, I like to try the different approaches and kind of pick little bits and pieces out of it that I like. Uh, and then that usually ends up becoming a hybrid that works for me, probably just for me <laughs> with the way my brain works. Right. Uh, but yeah, I like to, to go through and just kind of learn them, see what I like about them, see what pieces I can take up, take away and use on my own. That's great. Um, maybe you can share those with me later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, we're just about out of time. Where can we find you? Where can other people find you online? Can you tell us? Sure. Uh, the easiest way and where I'm most active is on Twitter, and I'm at Mike Hale on Twitter. Uh, I also have a very neglected blog at MikeHale.me. Do you want to throw a shout out for the uh, soon to be launching website of your Bazaar Music Collection? Do you have a domain name for that yet? <laughs> I I do actually. I have oh. eartrocity.com. I still own Eartrocity. an atrocity of the ears. We should have had you prepare one that we could use as yeah. our outgoing music today. That would be really fun. <laughs> You're launching it soon. Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> eartrocity.com. Right. Coming to a web server near you before long. Mike, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We've had an absolute blast. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. It's great to meet you. Sure. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. We'll see you at a WordCamp sometime. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet. Ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.